Recorded live. Welcome to DPW Talks. This is Christiana with Rochelle. The D stands for discipline, the P stands for purpose, and the W stands for wisdom. We are so glad to have you all with us here today. Today, DPW is talking faith and business. So I'm going to hand it over to Rochelle right now. All right. We all know that God is the man, right? He's the ultimate man, (laughs) okay? He is in charge of everything that exists and all things were created by him and for him and by him we exist, amen? And we are here to discuss what it means to be men in business. And that's a funny kind of subject because we're females. We are females, Christiana and I. But the Bible says be men in business, and women are in business every day. And I believe that it didn't necessarily mean the biological man. And if you want to get into that, well, there's man and then there's woman. Wool meaning, you know, we're the helpers. You know, we were taken out of that area in man, okay, and we carry a womb. We were taken from his side not his back, and we have wombs. We're able to carry babies. We're able to um, see things maybe sometimes that men don't see from a different perspective. Um, And with that being said, I really believe that faith in God has to have a place in every Christian's business. If you have a business, God is automatically, it should automatically be in it Um, because we are his, then everything that we do and say and every way that we operate should be according to his word. And that is how we came up with um, DPW, Uh, originally Daughter of Promise Women's Club, now Disciples of Promise, LLC. Um, It was because we wanted to perform ministry. And in the process of doing ministry, we realized um, you have to have money (laughs) to be able to pay for the different things that you do uh, pertaining to ministry. In order to travel, someone has to have money. In order to uh, get the materials that you need, someone has to be paying the money, um, et cetera, and so on. Christiana, I'm going to turn this over to you. What do you think about um, Christians and business and how that has an effect upon their faith and what that has to do with business? Well, I believe that business was part of God's plan in the beginning. You know, this whole going to a job thing for eight hours or four hours or six hours, some of you 12 hours or more, this is a new thing. This whole going to a job and coming back home is somewhat of a new thing. Um, So from the beginning, people had jobs that they did for their family and whatever they cultivated, they used that to trade. And so God gave us skills, not just to be employed by someone else, but he gave us vision to cultivate and to grow something that will produce for us. And so I, I, I believe that God created us in a way where we were made for business. 
we were made to do business with each other, to work things out as a community, to talk things out, to make trades, to produce something that helps your community. That's business. And so I believe that God created us for business. In the way he created us, he created us to be creative, to be innovative, to grow things, to cultivate things. In the very beginning, he told Adam, you know, your job is to be the manager of all of this land and to cultivate it. That means grow something. Grow something out of it. And that's business. That's a business right there. So I believe that from the very beginning we were created to take care of our father's business. You know what I mean? What do you think, Rochelle? I agree. He placed us on the face of the earth, and he gave Adam a job to do, and then he created a woman to help him do it Um, because the job was, it was monumental. It was a very important thing. Um, And when man and woman messed up in the Garden of Eden, um, there was a lot to be done more, even more than in the beginning, because he said the ground, you know, according to the Bible, it lets us know that the ground was harder to get food from. Everything became more difficult. Even women, they, it was not originally ordained for us to have to go through pain to have children. And now... That's a part of the process. Um, and in business, you'll find that when you look at the way that businesses work, they have a growing process. Just like a baby would have a growing process, businesses have a growing process. They have the baby stage and they have the childhood stage, the teen, the junior, you know, the preteen you know, before the teen, and they had a young adult and the adult stage, and then they had a senior stage. Um, everything is set up according to the way that we grow. Um, when God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, he gave him a job to do, which included naming the different things that were created, the different living beings that he created, Um taking care of the land and uh, making sure that it produced what it needed to produce and reproduced when that was done. Um, And we are created in his image. So when we are in Christ, when we're doing what God told us to do, then we have the heritage of our father, which is to create with our words. I believe that we create with our words whether we're saved or not, but when you are saved, it has a monumental level of importance, what you say and what you do. Um, and that level of integrity can make the difference between growing the kingdom or tearing down something in the kingdom. Um, we have to be more and more accountable for what we say as we get more and more matured in Christ, you become more and more aware of what you say and the power that is in the words that you speak. And when it comes to business, it used to be way back in the day that when one man or one woman spoke to another and it had to do with business, they would seal a deal by shaking of hands. That meant their word is their bond and they were going to complete that deal. That was good enough. They didn't need a sheet of paper. If they said it, that was it. That was considered a bond. That was considered a contract, what they said. And I believe that God still holds us to that. 
our word is our bond. You know, that's why he said, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Because your words have power. They do things. Um, We create um, bonds and release people from bonds all day long. Um, We create things in the spirit, I believe, and we release things in the spirit all day long with the words that we speak. So seeing as on the face of this earth, there are certain things that are very considered very powerful by mankind, um, and that would be money and influence. Those are two of the things that are considered most powerful, and words, the written word, okay, because books are powerful. What they have to say in the newspapers, that holds a level of power. What is said in magazines, it influences. Whatever influences, it has to do with your words. Um, Those things were given to us for us to deal with the world, for us to make certain decisions and choices that will help lead people to Christ, I believe, that we are supposed to be leading people to Christ through helping and loving and being honest. We're supposed to help lead others to Christ um, because the way of the world is so in opposition to the word of God that we stand out. It will cause people who are in the dark to say, hey, what's that? And walk towards the light when they hear you speak the truth. And you are standing by your word. And you are living according to the promises of God. And you are producing good things. Um, Christiana, how do you feel about that one? Well, um, Rochelle, it sounds like you're talking about the character of the Christian in business. Mm-hmm. And I would completely agree. We, as Christians, have a higher standard of character. And we should have the highest. Mm -hmm. If a secular person has a higher standard as far as their character than we do, we have done the kingdom of God a great disservice. And so I believe that the Christian business should be known for its integrity, for Mm -hmm. its honor, Mm -hmm. and also for its intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible tells us to get understanding, to get knowledge. We're supposed to know our business. We're supposed to know our business and to handle our business Mm -hmm. in a way that shows integrity and honor and gives God glory. Mm -hmm. It's amazing as you were talking about, you know, our word being our bond and things like that. The Lord just sent me over to Thessalonians chapter 4. And it's crazy because I was reading this earlier this week and got something completely different from this. Mm -hmm. But it talks about how we should walk in a way to please God so that we can abound more and more. Mm -hmm. We talk about this whole In the beginning, God with Adam and Eve, he told Adam and Eve to multiply. Mm -hmm. And he didn't just say multiply in children. Mm -hmm. He just said be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that he means to be fruitful and multiply in everything that we do. And as the Christian person in Thessalonians chapter 4, they're speaking to the people of Thessalonica, and they're saying walk in a way that pleases God so that you can abound more and more. Mm -hmm. It says don't defraud your brother. Don't even say that you hate anybody because if you're to hate somebody else, that means you don't really hate them. You hate God. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. It's talking about this high standard of integrity that we are supposed to have as Christians just in our regular walk. It should show in our business as well. Mm -hmm. It should show in everything. Mm -hmm. If someone walks into your business 
and they feel like they are being defrauded, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if they feel like something might be wrong, you've already messed it up somehow because we are supposed to be beyond reproach. We're supposed to not even have the appearance of evil. So when someone walks into your business, they should feel safe and secure. They should feel like you are on it and you know your business. And they should feel like you care about doing them right as well as gaining financially for yourself. And so this, this whole, your personality, your character is going to show through in your business. And I think, Rosa, that's what you were talking about when you were talking about this whole your word being your bond sort of thing. We have to understand as creations of God, just as he spoke and created, we can speak and create. And the Bible even goes further to say that life and death are in the power of our tongue. So we can cause things to come to life by what we speak or we can kill stuff. And some of us, we are killing our business opportunities by some of the things that we're saying, by speaking outside of faith, by trying to separate our business from our Christian character. I, I know a lot of people, a lot of times, they want to compartmentalize. That means to separate each and every little part of their life so nothing touches anything else. You know, it's one thing to separate your food on your plate, but it's a whole other thing when you are literally breaking yourself up into different areas of your life. And here's the thing. God created you to be one person, not to be five or six different people. And every area of your life should be surrendered to the character that God has called you to. So if you are completely separating your business from your Christian character, then your business is not going to do what it's supposed to do. Because everything that we do after we get saved is supposed to show the glory of God. It's supposed to draw people in. And make them wonder, like you were saying, something's different about you. You're not like everybody else. Your business doesn't run like everybody else. Some of these people, you know, they're trying to gouge me here, and they're doing this all here, and they're doing all sorts of things, and there's lots of fine print. But in your business, you are very open. You're very honest. You are integral. Why are you so different? Because everybody else is doing this, get money, spend less money. Do it however you can. So even in that, our ministries can be in our business. You know, I'm I'm looking back at this Thessalonians chapter 4, and it talks about handling your own business. It's just so important. I'm, I'm looking at verse 11 here. And I think I need to go back a little bit just so it has some context. Mm, let me go back to verse 10. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. Um, so he's talking to the people about being in Macedonia, how they treat each other. They're talking about how their brotherly love is good. And he's saying in some of these verses before that, that your brotherly love is going to make you, is what's going to make you abound and increase more and more. And in 11 it says, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to do your own and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. In other words, this person is focused in on their assignment. And I think that's part of the character of the Christian in business. You need to understand your assignment and focus in not to the point where you focus God out. Because everything you do, remember, is to show the glory of God. 
So that is your main focus for your business, not to make the money, not to grow this global blah, 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 blah. Why are you doing this business? If it doesn't give God glory, then you're giving something else glory. You know, and so it's so important when we think about the character of the Christian in business that we look at your why. Why are you doing this business? Because your why is going to go throughout your entire business and it's going to show itself. So focus in on your business, not on what the person next to you is doing, not on what the person across the street is doing, not on what these secular people are doing that's prospering their business. You need to focus in on your business and what your goal is and work with the skills that God has given you, work with the wisdom that God has given you. Stay in your lane. What do you think, Rochelle? I think I'd take it even one step further and say that our business is not our business. It's the business of our Father. When we belong to him, everything that we have we acknowledge as his. So what you are dealing with now is something that has been placed in your hand as a steward of your almighty God and creator to bring it to its best possible end. Okay, you are now handling the stewardship of what belongs to God. Um, And if you handle your business transactions and if you handle the people that you deal with, if you handle the finances the way that it should be handled, then you will prosper because you are within the will of God. Um, Anything that goes outside of the will of God will not prosper. And if it does prosper or appear to prosper, um, it's not going to last, you know, because only what you do for Christ will last. It's not going to last. It may go on for a while, but that actually accounts to those who do it against the will of God and without consideration for what's right. Um, They're going to have to pay for what they've done. That business is going to have to pay for what's being produced because of that form of wickedness, that form of injustice, um, and they're going to have to deal with the people that they dealt with, the companies that they dealt with, the results of what they've gotten, the money that they took from them. They're going to have to deal with the repercussions of their name going out and then being uh, messed up because they didn't do the right things. They didn't do it the right way. They didn't honor God. They didn't honor the people and authority that they should have honored. It's difficult to handle the repercussions of doing something that you did because you felt like it was the only thing you could think of to do to make that thing work. Okay, sometimes when the only way to make a thing work is to do wrong, it's time for you to stand still and pray. As children of God, you don't push forward. You stop and you pray because God has a way of opening up doors that no man can shut. You know, he has a way of opening up a window. He has a way of writing down his glory upon your situation. Because for us, whenever we see a block, whenever we see a difficulty, it is an opportunity for God's glory because we're his children. And that's the way he just has it set up. You know, in business, For a child of the king, integrity should be on the highest burner. Mm -hmm. Integrity. 
do things in a way where if Jesus were to step in the room, you could bow and back away and he would say, well done. You know, um, and the people who were sitting across from you could say, you know, I can't say anything against this person. Above reproach, you know, be above reproach. Um, There are lots of people who will try and make you think that you are not above reproach just to get by and get something over on you to try and cheat you and to lie about you, et cetera, and so on. But But God judges the reality of the situation. He knows what's real, and he is the authority in what's to come next. And we got to believe that. You know, a lot of people say they have faith, but if you have so much faith and you know the scripture, are you doing it? Are you fulfilling the requirement for God to do his half of that promise that you need accomplished? You know, um, are you believing God to fulfill what he said he would do? You know, if you believe him, then you're doing your half of the promise of whatever that may be. You know, if you trust him, you know, if you call upon him, he will answer, you know, he will lead you. Those are answers that are given to promises, you know, guidance and the truth and strength and peace. You can have those things if you remember the word. I honestly and truthfully believe that. I believe that we don't practice the word enough to walk in it. We don't understand that it's what you're willing to fight for, what you're willing to work hard to get that matters to you. Christiana, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. Um, The Bible says that where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. And so whatever you are investing in, wherever you are setting your heart, setting your affections, that's going to show. And in your business, if you are setting your affections on the money, if you are setting your affections on prestige, if you are setting your affections on what it looks like, then that's going to show. But if you set your affections to do the will of the Lord in your business, and like we said, if you're saved, it's not your business, and you recognize that all good and perfect things come from the Father. They all come from God. Everything we have is because God has given it to us. And so we have to look to the Lord to instruct us on how to work his business. If we are that mind, of that mind, if we are of that heart, that is going to show. That really is going to show. And the Lord is going to prosper us. I truly believe that because he's not going to make his people ashamed. As a business person, do not be afraid to do business God's way because he promised that if we follow him, he would not make us ashamed. And that's a call out on God's word. Remember, whatever he said he must do, his word is his bond. So if God said he would not make you ashamed, then you have no worries in following his instructions concerning the business that he has given you. Firstly, because he knows the business better than you. And secondly, because he always keeps his word. And so we can trust in the Lord to not make us ashamed. Being in business as a Christian does not mean being a failure. God can cause us to succeed greater than any shrewd business act of this world can do. Because like Rochelle said, God can open doors that no man can shut, and he can shut doors 
that no man can open. At the same time, it's important that we be diligent and that we know our business, know what there is to know, gain the knowledge on how to do the math, gain the knowledge, the financial principles, and then take those principles that you are learning and you set them up next to the word of God. And if they match, they're good. And if they don't, they go. That's the policy if you are to be a Christian in business. Now, if you're not interested in showing your Christianity in your business, that's your choice, but you're going to be held accountable for that because we are the stewards. We are not the owners. We're the managers. And so when the owner comes for his stuff, he's going to look and see how you managed his business. All right? Now, I I was thinking about this whole in business be men piece that's in the word, and I thought about, okay, when I think of a businessman, what do I think of? I think of someone that has wisdom. They have all of the information, and then they know how to act on it, and they choose to act on what they know. You know, they use wisdom. They're people that stand firm on what they believe. They have to stand strong when other people are trying to oppose their thoughts or their processes. Those people are strong in that. They're also very vigilant. They are intense in protecting their little baby, their business baby. They will protect it to the greatest extent. Mm -hmm. Those people are also people that are creative. They cultivate and produce. They create something. You can't be a business person and not create something. You're either creating a product or a service. So you can't be a business person and not be a creator. These people are visionaries. They see a bigger picture here, and they're building step by step but they know what they want to make before they start building. Mm -hmm. These people are people who expand their knowledge, and so they recognize that they don't know everything. Mm -hmm. They have a certain humility. These people know their value. They're confident because they know what they're worth, Mm -hmm. or at least they have a good idea of what they're worth Mm -hmm. so that they know when someone's trying to shortchange them or when they're getting a great deal. These people, they take calculated risks. These people are courageous. They know what they have to put on the line in order to get what they want. And then these people are responsible. They accept the consequences of their actions. And so when I think of someone in business, I think of these qualities and wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles. A lot of the greatest men in the Bible that we still talk about today, we still tell their stories. We say we want to be like these people. We are amazed by these people. They have not just some, but all of these qualities. All of these qualities. I was thinking about Joshua in the book of Joshua. He's the young man that took over for Moses, took God's people into the promised land that God told them that they could have. Moses disobeyed God, and so he wasn't allowed to go in or any of his generation. But when all of them died, there were two guys left, Caleb and Joshua. And God called Joshua to take up the people and go into this land. And he told Joshua several times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, because the land that he was going to get had a huge wall, and then it had giants, huge people that could just pretty much crush them. But God said, I've given you the land, go and take it. So with Joshua, we see there the strength and the courage there, but he also had wisdom. He also had the vision. He also had the 
cultivating spirit. He also was intense. You know, he had all of these qualities. But I think that maybe the Lord really encouraged him in these areas, probably because those were the areas that were most difficult for him. But that's Joshua. He led the Israelite people into the promised land by obeying God and being strong and courageous, by using wisdom, by being confident and at the same time humble. He had courage. He took responsibility for his choices. Then we look at David. David was 12 years old when he was anointed to be king. He was going to be king. But he still was humble enough to stay at home and be a shepherd boy and continue in that until he was lifted up. He was humble enough to not sort of throw it up in King Saul's face. But as a young boy, he played his harp or he played his instrument to sort of soothe the king when he was being vexed or being bothered by different spirits and different dreams and different terrors and things. He was there to support the king. He was courageous when he went out to war and very, very intense. You know, as a young man, he killed Goliath, a huge giant, six fingers on each hand, six toes. He was at least 10 feet tall. This man was huge. And David came against him with stones. That's some courage, and that's some confidence. And at the same time, there was humility in that because he was coming in the name of the Lord. So he knew it was God's power. These are qualities that he had, and he became king and continued in these qualities. We look at Joseph. The young man with the dreams and the coat of many colors, the most loved by his father, who ended up being a slave and who served to the utmost as a slave, did an excellent job to the point where he was raised up to the second in command only to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. He had dreams, and he held on to his dreams, no matter what the situation was. Mm-hmm. And he at the same time understood who gave him his dreams. When someone asked him to interpret dreams that someone else was having, because he was given the interpretation as well, he said, it's not me who interprets the dreams. It's God who interprets the dreams, and he just tells me if he wants to. That humility was there. But he had visions. He cultivated. He grew. He produced wherever he was. These are qualities that I see in a businessman. So if you really want to be a successful businessman or a businesswoman, in our case, you need these biblical qualities. If you don't have these qualities, then your business is built on sinking sand. And eventually it's going to get washed away, maybe in a scandal, maybe in a bad business deal, maybe because you did something that was illegal and now you've lost everything, maybe just because people don't trust you. You know, you cannot succeed outside of the will of God. You can have some things, but things aren't success. What are people saying about you? What's your legacy? What are you building on? You know, that's the stuff that's important. Rochelle, what do you think about that? I think that that's right. Um, Your legacy is pretty much the name that you leave behind the culmination of all your hard labor, your work. Um, And what we do, what we say, the choices that we make, um, we may die, but somebody remembers, and that is our legacy. The Bible talks about us being books that are written. You know, we are books. We walk around, and 
our every choice is written. You know, God keeps account of what we're doing, what we're saying. Um, other people keep account of what we're doing and what we're saying, and they're judging what we're doing according to what they see, who we are according to what we according to what they see. You know. Um, and the funny thing is, okay, now I'm just beginning a business at this point in time. Good, um, stepping out by faith, and Whenever a business person is stumped, this is something that's really important that I'm sure that all of them know. Um, The way to make your business stronger is to include other people who know more than what you do, a networking system. Um, Everybody cannot have every degree possible. They can't do everything. Um, But you need the help of others who know something different than you do to make a thing come to pass. And in order for you to even ask for help, you have to have a certain level of humility and say, I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to need help to be able to do what is at hand that I've said that I would do because my word is my bond. We're talking business and men again or um, men being men in business. There you go. Um, and we were discussing earlier the different uh, – ideas of what we think of when we think of the word men. Now, keep in mind that women a lot of times have men idealized and the world has presented a perception of men that is not necessarily always true. But uh, in the Bible, there is also a perception of what men are supposed to be like. And we sort of put together different things that we felt that uh, we expected in a man who was actually doing what God called for him to do because um, when a man receives a job, he has specific duties to perform as a man. And what we're talking, what we've been talking about is the character of that man um, in comparison with the, with the character of God uh, in dealing with other people. Um, once again, the character of man along with the character of God in dealing with people. Um, there has to be a level of integrity that goes beyond a man's perception and into God's, uh, the intent of a man's heart. There you go. Man's perception and the intent of a man's heart, okay, are two different things. Okay, what you see is on the surface. What is intended by it is a totally different thing. But God is able to know the difference, and we have to know that. As his children, we should know that and operate within his will. Now, everybody doesn't need to know everything every minute of every day. And some people can't handle it. They couldn't handle it if you laid everything out in front of them. It would be like giving a baby a whole feast in front of them. They're going to gouge themselves, get sick, and hurt themselves. Sometimes we have to determine how much is allowed on the table at a at a particular time or or place. Um, 
And God says that he will take the small things to confound the wise, you know, the foolish things to confound the wise. And he can take a small thing and make it big, okay, or tear it down. Tear down something big using something small. Whatever the case may be, God does what he chooses to do because he's sovereign. Now, that being said, God's people have a very special situation, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it like it is. There is a spiritual nepotism in the kingdom of God, okay? Our Father is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and nepotism means that because we're his children, we get favor. We get positions that normally we wouldn't have. We get to say and do certain things that normally other people couldn't get away with simply because God has ordained it to be so. He's chosen to allow it. Okay? Some people claim um, special rights when they don't have it. In God's case, when he does it, you're going to know it because, like I said earlier, according to the word, God opens up doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. So when God says, I need my child to go in there to, to, to be there and see what's happening in that particular area, there is nothing you're going to be able to do to stop it. When God says, I want this business started up over here, there's not going to be anything that anybody can do to destroy that because God has ordained it to exist. Um, I want this person over here uh, in this position that normally would require a master's degree, but I'm putting them there because I've gifted them with a special ability that nobody around them with all those degrees is going to try and stop because they're actually helping them. Isn't that funny how God can work that out where he will place you as, what's that word? There is a particular word. It's a particular type of pen that you put in a certain place that allows for everything else to be hinged upon that one little pin. And it's called a linchpin. And if that thing is removed, everything goes crazy. But as long as that linchpin is there, everything has order. I believe that God puts his people in places like that. We are linchpins. We hold a place in God's heart and in his people, and in his land that helps put things in order all around us until he should replace us with someone else or choose to remove us. That place has a season that no one can change. Nobody can move it. Nobody can hurt it. It belongs to God. If you try and touch it, you will fall. You will fail. You will be sorry that you touched it. You know, it's like a curse if you even touch it. Um, And you can't touch what God has anointed. You can't touch what God has called um, and not be scathed or hurt, destroyed, punished, et cetera, and so on. Um, Because it's God who has the authority over that thing. Um, As God's people, you have to realize that he is an authority. He really is. He is in charge, and uh, I was explaining to my daughter earlier. 
God chooses to allow the people who exist in the world to exist. He allows certain things to take place to cause other things. And he removes people when he chooses. No matter what the age, the name, the title, the place, he will remove who he chooses to remove when he chooses to remove them because he has a higher purpose that goes beyond our comprehension. And we are part of a much bigger plan. Um, a few years ago, I did not know that I was expecting, and I lost that child um, before it could even form good. But it changed my mindset on a lot of things during that time period, just the time of realizing that I might be pregnant and then realizing it was over. changed my world. Every little thing, every birth, every death changes who you are. It opens and closes doors. It changes your mindset. Life is much more precious to me now that I realize how easily it can be lost. Um, Details have become more important to me now that I realize the crucial reality of picking up on hints and clues, you know, that exist. And I don't know whether or not me paying attention could have saved that child or not. I believe it was God's intent that that child should exist for a certain period of time to cause changes in me, and then he took his baby back. But it took me a while to accept it. Just like when people enter the world, it takes us time to prepare. It takes us time to adjust to their being present. And then it takes us time again to release them when they leave here. And it takes us time to accept the fact that they're no longer here. All of those things change us for the better if we allow it. Okay, those people who existed and actually grew up among us or were able to talk and walk or were able to just breathe and laugh and play with us, they changed your heart. They became a part of you. I believe businesses are the same. When they come into existence and they belong to a child of the king, they make a difference. They can change everything. Um, But we have to be aligned with God's word um, in order to receive the abundance that he has in store for us. David, as a child, was courageous. Every hero that I know of, as a child that I that I can think of, was a courageous type of individual. Um, even if that courage was in living past obstacles or illnesses, they were created to be courageous people because God needed them to do great things. God was going to require of them great things. Um, when God gives us a business, I believe that when he gives his children a business, that is a special assignment, very special because that allows us to reach out to way more people than we normally would. It allows us to create and influence the world in a way that previously we had not, and it encourages us to reach out to other people who know more than we do so that we can walk hand in hand with others, whereas before we were more disconnected, we are now more connected to a larger system of people who can do more. 
it's a blessing and it's an honor and it's a privilege to be given a business. And before you even have or if you never have a building or a paper that says that you are a business, we each and every one of us have an area of business in our lives. When we get married, we have business. When we have jobs, we have business to take care of. When we have positions, we have business to take care of. When we are busy preparing to have a family, we have a bigger business. <laughs> when you have a home, you have more business, etc. and so on. The more responsibility you have, the bigger your business. Um, which reminds me, when Jesus was a little boy in 12 and he was in the temple, he told his mother it was time for him to be about his father's business at 12. God calls us when he calls us for the purpose that he calls us for, and he is able to preserve, protect, grow, and enlighten us. He's able to connect us up with those people that we need to be connected with and those businesses and opportunities that we need to be connected with. It's our job. It is our job to acknowledge that it is his business and to allow his character to be the bottom line in our choices that we make, which are a privilege, another honor that is given to us as his children. And let God use us in what we say and what we do. I'm sorry, I got a bit long-winded. Christiana, did you have a contribution to this conversation? Oh. Well, I was just going to agree with you wholeheartedly. Your business is a world changer. God doesn't give us stuff just to play with it for a little while. It's to change the world, Mm -hmm. to make an impact, to say something about who he is. And so having a business is a great opportunity to do that, not just to make money, because God said if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, everything else would be added unto you. God's going to take care of you. If you take care of his business, he will take care of your business. And so as a Christian in business, it's a blessing and an opportunity to change the world with even the smallest of businesses. Jesus was a carpenter. That's a humble business. Mm -hmm. And he was able to change the world forever. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take a huge conglomerate to change the world. God has given every single person a sphere of influence. Certain people who are watching you, who are listening to you, who are looking at you, trying to see if this Jesus thing is for real. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times where people lose it is in their business transactions. We need to start looking at our credit scores. We need to start looking at the contracts that we're signing our names to. Because we are living epistles read of all men. People are reading us in our businesses. As we walk down the street, as we conduct business with other businesses, even in our purchases and how we treat people who are serving us in business. So we have to walk in this thing very carefully, 
but also with authority. Last week we talked about authority God has given us by his will. Mm-hmm. He has given you authority in your business, mm-hmm. and no one has a right to take that from you. Mm-hmm. No one has a right to tell you how to run your business, mm-hmm. except for the one who gave it to you, which is God. Mm-hmm. So we need to walk in this thing very firmly and very carefully, very humbly and gratefully. Not everybody gets the opportunity to do what you get to do. Mm-hmm. And so that gratefulness just puts a, a wonderful scent in your business. Be grateful. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have to have what you have. God gave it to you. The owner of everything gave this to you mm-hmm. to carry. I would carry it very carefully. Mm-hmm. Rochelle. Amen. You're talking about carrying things, and I'm thinking a mantle, you know, handing down a mantle. And to a certain degree, God hands down multiple mantles and says, this is a part of me. Take this and carry this with honor. This is a part of me. Take this and carry this with integrity. This is a part of me. Take this and carry this justly and in righteousness. This is a part of me. Take this and carry this and show them my holiness, you know, my godliness. And these things are so beautiful. Um, When they're done right, when you are cognizant, considering God's word in the process of making your choices, the outcomes can be awesome. They go beyond man's will, beyond man's words. Um, if you are operating according to the word of God, he tells you give honor where honor is due. Give man his due and give God his due, you know. So we should honor the government. We should honor our government. I'm going to say that one more time. We should honor our government, our legal system. As people of God, we should honor it. Yes, I said it. Whether we are... Uh, Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. We should honor those who are in our legal system as being over us, which means just like you would not speak evil of God, you don't speak evil of them. Um, Passing information is different than, than putting a person down and tearing them apart. The government is just another larger form of business. Um, those people up there have a huge job to do. Some of them do it honorably. Some of them do not. But that is God's business. We have been blessed with the ability to vote and the ability to look up and find out information that we need to know to make the right decisions. We have been blessed to be able to even enter and participate personally um, by becoming a part of that system. We should consider the fact that those people who are holding those positions are indeed creations of God, right or wrong. They are creations of God. They've been placed as authorities in positions that are difficult. And either we pray for them or we leave them alone. You know, um, children of God, we gotta be we got to be serious about this. The world has a lot of things 
that are very tempting to do. One of them is to bash our government officials. And I'm going to say it, that is not what God wanted us to do. I'm sure that's not his intention because he created them too. And he told us that our job is to love even our enemies. Our job is to love our neighbors. Our job is to love our enemies. Our job is to pray for those who have the rule over us. He never said anything about bashing them, tearing them down, ripping their social lives apart, digging into their private areas of their lives to put on display and scandalizing people. Our job is to bring peace. The Bible says, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. We're all supposed to be good news bearers, okay? If you have something that needs to be known and it's not good, we're supposed to handle those things with honor and with integrity, not bashing, ripping, and tearing other people's lives apart. We're builders. We are builders. Like Christ was a builder and maker. We are too. Um, I believe that the truth is the light, and when God wants something to come down, he will send judgment, and it will come down. He has no choice but to come down, but we need to pray. Until God sends in the battlement, we need to pray um, for the good things. Pray for justice. Pray for honor. Pray for integrity. Pray for strength of character. Pray that the right people be placed in office. Pray that those people will honor God. Pray that they will remember the concepts of good things that God has placed in his word. Pray that they will follow those and respect and honor their maker. Pray that they will care about the people. Pray that they will care about our reputation as a nation in doing business. Pray. Pray, people of God, because the government is nothing but a larger form of business. Okay? Just like we want people interceding on our behalf in our little businesses, even if those businesses are making bookmarks. Even if that business is going around and giving people flowers, our job is to pray for those who have the rule over us, to pray for those in authority, to pray for those who have those big titles so that they will handle their business honorably. If you don't agree with their position, pray that God show them that the position that they're in is not the right one. If it's not the right one, they should know. And just know that God sometimes sets us up in positions of opposition because he has a greater purpose that is going to come out of that conflict. And it may sound crazy, but sometimes God is arranging things in such a way to prove where he is, just to open up people's eyes so that they can see where he stands, on which side he's on. It's still, once again, our job to pray. It's our job to know those that labor among us. 
to look around, to be men in business, and to count the cost before we do the things that we do, to do them with honor and integrity, understanding that what we do is going to produce. It's just a matter of what will it produce. Lots of people are producing weeds. They're producing things that will make people sick. Let's start producing things that will heal the land. In prayer, we can do that. We can do that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their lands. We can do that. Do you believe? Faith is believing and doing. Being doers of the word and not hearers only. That's faith. Fighting for what you believe in, God's people fight on their knees. God's people fight in the word. God's people fight with his word. Not taken out of context, but within the intent of the heart of God. You can always know the intent of the heart of God when you study his word and know where it, apply, where it is to be applied. It's like a medicine. You have to mix it up right to get the desired result. You don't have the desired result, something's wrong with the mixture. Or maybe you haven't considered who you're putting the mixture on. And you're not quite getting it where it needs to be yet. You know, maybe the timing is off. Maybe it's going to take a certain amount of time before it kicks in. That's God's business. You know, one thing I have found is that it's important to know that when applying God's remedies, he will perform the results in his time. That's in business, in our lives in the church, in our nation, and in the world. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People of God in business, let's be the integrity that God intended in the beginning when he first created man. Let's belong to the kingdom and the choices that we make show it. Christiana. Amen. Show the kingdom of God in your business. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean failure, it means success. Mm-hmm. Right, well, that's all we have time for today for our DPW Talk Faith and Business. We hope you all got something awesome out of that and some insight and encouragement. Um, come back with us next Friday at 1 30. We're going to be talking more DPW Talk, so you'll want to tune in. Don't miss it. We love, love, love you guys. If you want to contact us, you can contact us at LLC at gmail.com. You can go to our women's club group on Facebook, Daughter of Promise Women's Club, DPW, Daughter of Promise Women's Club. Go ahead and like our page. There's information about our upcoming fashion show. It's a fundraiser for our business. It's also a mentoring ministry, all right? Love you guys. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week. This has been DPW Talks. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye.